The emergence of COVID-19 has forced the legal industry to rapidly undergo a fundamental transformation. I'm Jack Newton, CEO and co-founder of Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal software provider. In each episode of Daily Matters, we'll explore what this new normal means for law firms, how legal professionals can find success while working remotely, and how lawyers can best serve their clients during this unprecedented situation. Joining me today is Jordan Furlong, a legal industry analyst, consultant, author, and founder of the award-winning Law 21 blog. We'll be discussing the conversations Jordan's been having with law firms and legal organizations since the start of the COVID-19 crisis, what short-term impacts he expects this pandemic to have on the industry, and what strategies lawyers and law firms should be putting in place at this time. Jordan, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Jack, thank you for having me on board. It's great to be here. So Jordan, the first question we uh, are asking guests on this podcast is, how are they holding up? How are you doing? <laughs> well, well, well uh, thank you for asking. You know what? Uh, I'm healthy, so far as I can tell, uh, and my family's healthy, so far as we can tell. And to be absolutely honest, everything else is gravy on top of that. I mean, that's, as you know, that's the, that, those are the fundamentals. Uh, everything else we can finesse or figure out along the way, but, uh, but we're all doing okay here for the time being, so thankful, grateful for that. That's, that's great to hear. And, you know, maybe pulling at that thread a little bit, tell us a little bit more about the, the changes you've experienced personally as a result of, of COVID-19. Maybe you can give us a bit of, give the listeners a, a bit of context around, around where you are, how COVID-19 is impacting your more immediate community and you personally. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't had to adjust that much in terms of my own work uh, conditions because I already work from home anyway. So, uh, I haven't had the, 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 the conversion or transition to, to remote work that a number of other people have had. Uh, the, the, the kind of work that I do involves, of course, speaking to law firms at you know, retreats or legal organization meetings. And not surprisingly, of course, that has been significantly affected. Uh, I, I had three speaking engagements lined up for May and June. Two of them canceled, one of them converted to a webinar, uh, which, you know, again, uh, many people have uh, far more pressing issues than that. And, and I'm fortunate that I have other uh, kinds of work to, to keep me occupied. But I'm finding that um, for a lot of people, especially as you mentioned in the community and in the neighborhood and so forth, the chilling effect has been really remarkable. Um, uh, people, it's, it's not just in terms of, you know, we rarely go outside. And when we go outside, we keep our distance from other people. And, you know, we don't necessarily wave and say, hi, how you doing? Because there's this, you know, weird kind of you know, invasion of the body snatchers dread thing going on. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's been tough. Uh, but having, having said that, it's been tough for what, two weeks, uh, all told. And, uh, and we have a lot more of this coming. I don't even just mean the social isolation and so forth. We have a lot more change and a lot more uh, upset coming. And we're really only at the start. So. So maybe shifting a little bit to the law firm context, Jordan, you've got the unique vantage point of uh, working with, you know, many law firms. Uh, you've got many, you know, clients in the law firms that you work with that you're getting, you know, I think dispatches from the, the front lines in terms of what the, the impacts these law firms are, are seeing. Can you, can you share maybe what you're seeing as some of the common threads across those law firms in terms of the challenges they're facing and, and, and maybe also how, some of them are, are different in terms of their ability to adapt to the, the new landscape? 
Sure. Well, you know, it, it, and talk about a small sample size, right? Because uh, as you might imagine, uh, lawyers and law firm leaders have better things to do with their time right now than have a chat with me. But uh, based on what I have gathered from these conversations and from talking to people in the industry generally, uh, I mean, a, a few, th a few, again, very early in this process, a, a few points worth, uh, worth making. The first of them is this, nobody is on top of this right? You know, no one's in control of this. No one uh, has a handle on what's going on. Um, you know, I, I keep seeing every so often a, an article written by a managing partner of a law firm uh, or an interview with someone like this. And, and they're all, oh yeah, I'm steady as it goes. You know, we're doing this, we're doing that and so forth. And, and if you're reading one of these, you have to remember, why is this person giving this interview? Why is this person, you know, uh, writing about this? It is, it is not because they want to come out and say, oh, yeah, we're really, oh, we're kind of freaked out, man. You right. know, it's crazy. I've never seen anything else like this. So, so there, there's a bit of a tendency for us to sort of think if other people out there are reacting as if they're on top of it and, and everything's normal and in control, maybe I should be as well. And what I want people to kind of appreciate is that, you know, th this, this is beyond all of our previous experiences. This is beyond any of our uh, our, our bandwidth to cope with. So, so the, the number one impression I get from lawyers in, in law firms of all sizes and from staff members and from people in this industry is that we have to focus on the people, right? And people right now are anxious, they are scared, uh, they are deeply alarmed, they're, they're very worried and they're fearful about what's coming. I mean, I, I said to someone the other day, it, it's like, we don't know how much runway we have in front of us because there's this huge thick fog right down to the right down to the ground and we don't know what's coming and 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 to the extent that we are all as lawyers in the same boat we need to number one number one cut ourselves some slack and number two be realistic about how everybody else is doing right because on top of that in top of you know us all being really stressed and worried in this cloud of dread hanging over us we got our kids home with us, right? And they're starting to go stir crazy. And, you know, and, and, it's, and we, we can't go out and see our friends and all this kind of thing. So the, 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 the first thing I think to appreciate is that at most law firms, people and, 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 and the firms and, and legal organizations of all kinds, this is pure triage at this point where we are reactive. We are dealing with the things that are absolutely basic. We are dealing with the lowest hanging fruit, grabbing that and running with it. And after about only two or three weeks, that is all you can reasonably and realistically expect. Uh, and, you know, and the easy stuff is pretty much done, right? You know, it was easy, as it turned out, to get lawyers to work from home. At least half the lawyers working from home right now are delighted they don't have to go into the office, right? It turned out to be easy to have court hearings uh, by, uh, by video, right? Uh, and, and the only reason we weren't doing that is that judges and lawyers and law firms and so forth didn't want to do it a, a new way. Now it turns out that we can't. All right. But that was easy. Everything else from this point on is going to be a challenge. I think it's a really useful perspective you offered in terms of, you know, it's I, I, to paraphrase what you're saying. I think it's okay to freak out a little bit. We're hearing everyone come on the radio and say, we know how to navigate this, or this is the second or third downturn I've been into. And uh, I think something for all us, for all of us to appreciate is there's, there's no one alive today that has seen as swift and as severe a downturn as what we're in right now. And anyone pretending to have been through this before truly maybe doesn't understand the magnitude of, of what we're in the midst of. I think uh, the, 
what were the U.S. stats published this morning? Uh, was it 3 million unemployment uh, insurance mm-hmm. applications over the last month? So the, you know, I think the impact uh, and the scope of this is something that not, not everyone has an internalized. And if they think it's going to be smooth sailing from here, they're probably in some form of, of denial about the <laughs> severity of what we're in the, <laughs> the midst of. Uh, maybe, maybe to get you know, more granular on what you anticipate some of the, the impacts to be, Jordan, uh, what, what do you think some of the short-term impacts that, that law firms should be, should be anticipating? Uh, curious to see what your perspective on that question might be. Well, Jack, my, my take on, on, on that whole issue and that whole question, part of it I have to place in a certain degree of context for, for, for what's, again, for what's ahead of us in the, in the, next, in the next several weeks and, and, and several months. And, and use that to kind of get, get a, a grip on, on what law firms are going to do and what we're going to go through. Um, as, as you've mentioned a moment ago, the infection rates, uh, and now we're just talking U.S. and Canada. Let's set aside Europe and the rest of the world for the moment. Uh, infection rates are starting to spike considerably, right? And part of this is because we're finally ramping up testing. Infection rates are, in fact, far higher than what we, we believe them, them to be. Uh, fatality rates are rising as well. And, um, and, and one of the things we got to appreciate is that a whole lot of people are going to get really sick, right? I mean, set aside just for the moment the, the question of fatality rates, which is another deeply tragic and, and very upsetting uh, issue. But uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are going to get really, really ill. And it's going to knock them flat for two to three weeks at best, if they're lucky, right? Yeah. So... So that's, that's part of it is that we, we, we are facing a health crisis on the scale we haven't seen before. Okay. The second issue is that the economy is from all indications, more or less in free fall. And as you've mentioned, you got like three, 3 million applications for unemployment insurance. We had 500,000 here in Canada last week, where a year ago at the same time, we had 24,000. So, um, so, so when we talk about things like, oh, how is, how is you know, physical isolation and social distancing affecting us, we have to kind of appreciate that's tertiary, right, at, at best. And, and we have to kind of pull the camera back a little bit and get a broader sense of what's going on. So from a law firm perspective, and, and, and I'm kind of gearing my comments here as much as I can towards lawyers who are in medium to smaller firm practices and solos and so forth, because I know yeah. that's the, the bulk of Clio uh, user base. Um, we're, we're talking uh, very fundamental issues that have to be gotten hold of. Cash flow, okay? Cash has got to keep coming in the door. That's a laws of cash flow business. Here's the problem. You have clients that are individuals, that are families, that are small businesses, that are self-employed people. And these are people who right now, their number one concern is, can I make my mortgage payment? Can I get, make my rent payment? Uh, can I get groceries in and supplies in to keep the a roof over our head and, and, and food on, on our table? And, and, and this, this is not a cliche. This is actually, honest to God, the things they're talking about at night uh, over the fam- you know, between the, the people in, in the family. Yeah. So in, in that kind of a situation, uh, the bill from your law firm, I don't, I don't know how far down the list you need to go before you get to, to the point where a client says, oh yeah, I should pay my lawyer as well, right? right? Yeah. And, and where are most law firms? Like 90 days from the point of, 90 day turnaround from the point of uh, billing to the point of- uh, 180 days is the last number I saw. 180 yep. days, right? Six months. And, and, that's, and, that, and that doesn't include the, the work in progress stuff and so forth. 
law firms are going to are going to run into really fast a massive cash flow crisis and and i don't really see any way around that and i don't see any way you can you can work on that you you cannot go to your clients and say instead of your groceries i'd like you to pay my bills um so uh and and again to be blunt about it there are firms out there right now that aren't going to come through this right because they're because they're not going to get enough money in the door to keep their own lights on and keep their own people paid and and so forth um there are firms out there that have been sent home right have the, because the, the, the because the state or whatever has said you know uh you have to close your business up all their files are either in filing cabinets or on an on location server they weren't smart enough to get clio and to go into the cloud all right and you know they don't have a firm they don't have a practice and their clients are going to say you're not there for me when i need you um and 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 that's it right that's the practice done so again i i i'm i'm trying not to put this in entirely apocalyptic terms but what i'm trying to say is that the issues that we have right now i mean i i i see an article uh come in today uh, uh geared towards managing partners well here's how you can really improve the state of your client relationships right now it's like dude you got to get money in the door you have to identify the most important clients you have and and if you don't know who they are you better find out in the next 24 48 hours right and you have to triage them and you have to go to them and say what can we do for you right now right um so 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 it's these are these are emergent issues so cash flow is a major issue uh the health of your people uh your your lawyers your staff members having some kind of uh, even on on the fly a jury read contingency plan because if your secretary or your paralegal or your clerk or your associate suddenly says you know i've tested positive or i'm going to go get tested now right. um what are you going to do in that situation so um so i i think we're really down to 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 basics and fundamentals uh on this point yeah i i it, it, for me the whole question of uh you know can we connect remotely to our clients well that's yeah that's nice but that's uh it's 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 almost beside the point at, at this stage from from my point of view Yeah, it feels like many law firms have been thrust down into the the bottom tier of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And it's it's food, <laughs> water, and shelter, and getting paid. How do you how do you get paid? You know, we've it's interesting at at Clio, and I've talked to other uh, electronic payments companies uh, over the course mm -hmm. of this week, uh, including LawPay, and we're seeing record numbers of applications to get onboarded onto uh, electronic payment platforms because I think mm -hmm. many lawyers that were maybe fairly uh rigid in their ways and didn't think they needed to accept electronic payments and thought their clients were fine paying by check and and so on to your point uh you're already low on the list of the vendors to get paid in most households uh at least make it as easy as possible and and open up opportunities like uh electronic payment uh for your clients um you know i'm curious Jordan you you, you painted you know a, a i think a pretty grim but also realistic picture of what lies ahead and i i think it's it's just a reality that if you see the economy grind to a halt and and lawyers are are cogs in that broader machine helping everything move along they're just mm -hmm. not going to have work to do and the work that they have done they're probably going to have a hard time getting paid for do you have some some practical advice or have you seen mm -hmm. uh you know rays of light from any of your clients in terms of tactics they're employing to to get through this uh or any any specific tactics you might recommend to to best weather this storm. Yeah, uh in in terms of what the what firms are doing successfully, I think it's just way too early. I th I think again most people are in triage uh triage mode. 
In terms of things they can do, everybody's going to have a different perspective, obviously. My perspective looks a little bit like this. What do I need to do? The two most important things from my point of view are cash flow. I got to keep some money coming into this place and client relationships. Um, because you know, I, I need, when this is over and I'll sidebar that because the whole question of over is something we need to talk about uh, a little bit later on. Um, I still need to have these client relationships to be as robust as they possibly can. Right. And, and again, being realistic about this, right. So, you know, to say, well, you, you should upgrade the quality of your relationships with your clients. It's like the time for that was before, <laughs> before the right. virus hit. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what I'd be inclined to do is this, I'm inclined to say, uh, who, in terms of, again, people, individuals, businesses, and so forth, who are my absolutely key clients, right? Because most law firms of, of any kind, uh, not every, every firm, but most law firms, like most businesses, go by the 2080 rule. And so you can kind of figure out which small percentage of your client base is the one that's going to produce the most uh, revenue for you, it brings in the most work, and so forth. I would be on the phone, obviously, that's all we can do, to these clients. Right Maybe away. video call. And, yeah, a video call will be even better, actually. So you can actually, you know, get uh, the face-to-face and it's much better for the interpersonal relationship. And, and, and you would talk about the number one, number one, number one, what do you need? What's going on? How are you? Just, just like you open up a conversation, how are you holding up? And then what do you need? Because look, I'm your lawyer, right? And I'm here to help you out. And maybe I've been only been helping you with this, you know, your will or with the, the contracts that you're working on or this or that, that's fine. But look, I'm your lawyer and I'm here to help. So tell me, you know, take the time, tell me what your needs are, whether they're legal or not, but run them through for me and give them someone they can talk to in terms of uh, not just a friendly ear, but a, a, a concerned one and an expert one who can listen closely and say, all right, you know, and, and you should be able to, as a lawyer, be able to hear some of the things that the person is saying. I said, you know what? I can suggest someone in the community or someone in my network who could help you. Maybe an accountant for this, or maybe someone who's a, you know, a, it, it, it could be simple as, you know what, on top of everything else, would you believe it? The washing machine died yesterday right. and I can't get a repairman in to fix it because, you know, a pandemic, right? So, so you're listening, you're paying close attention and you're saying, all right, here's a few pointers for you. Here's a few ideas. But now in terms of the legal stuff that, that I, I help you with, let's talk about this and this and this. Let's fast track and prioritize the stuff that actually matters to you. And over the course of that conversation, I try to gather as much as I can. I deepen the nature of that relationship. I let this person know I'm here for you. I'm on your side. And as part of that conversation, and you can uh, f- pick the point at which to, ha- to bring it up, uh, but I would say, listen, uh, like, like you, I'm in the same kind of position here running a business, but tell you what, look, we're not going to, we're not doing any of this nonsense about billable hours and, you know, tracking our hours and sending you stuff like that, because you know what, we're in a new world here, but I'll tell you what, I would really like it if we could do, can we set an amount within your budget that you're, you know, cause I know you've got food and rent and groceries, et cetera, whatever, but within your budget, if you can arrange to pay for me through Square or through LawPay or through Clio or through whoever, um, or bank draft, whatever, X dollars per month, right? And that'll cover all the stuff I'm doing for you. And if it gets to be too much for me, I'll give you, let you know and say, look, we either got to scale back or push up and so forth. But this is a situation where I get some cash flow coming in. I have reliable money coming in. I can pay the people who are, who are counting on me for my business, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you have enough conversations like that, successful conversations like that with your key clients, out of which you can come away with two things you really need. Number one, 
a, a stronger sense of reliance and reliability for your client on you and some cash flow. You know you got money coming in, you can count on it at least for a month or three months or six months or whatever the case might be. Um, that would be for me the number one first thing to be doing and everything else after that, if it goes well, should flow successfully from that. Yeah, I think that's a, a great piece of advice and it ties nicely in with a conversation I had earlier this week with, with Aaron Levine, uh, who runs a, um, yeah. the Levine Law Group and, and her comment was, she doesn't normally do this, but she, she went back to many of her clients saying, I don't normally ask you to top up your retainers in advance, but if you're able to do so, I'd really appreciate it to help with cash flow at our firm. And she saw 100% of the people she asked that question to uh, do it. So I, I think number one speaks to the strength of the client relationships she has, but also I think there's so many people looking to help small businesses of all stripes, including law firms. And if you, uh, if you don't ask, you won't, you won't get as the saying goes. So I, I think law firms thinking about doing things they might not even been normally comfortable doing six weeks ago, uh, we're in a new world and your clients might be willing to support you in ways that, uh, you didn't expect. Um, I think you really touched on an important point around empathy too, and just being empathetic to your client situation. And uh, there was an interesting Twitter thread earlier this week around, you know, stating your clients don't want to see another COVID-19 response plan or presentation from your law firm. Uh, they okay. want to understand how your law firm can help them. So understand what their needs are as a starting point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and, and the problem is, I mean, again, a lot of law firms have, have been caught in a situation where they don't really understand what their clients' issues are, or they don't have that level of relationship. And, and, and again, it's not realistic to say to these lawyers, now's the time to deepen your relationship with a client. Right. Your relationship with a client right now is as good as it's going to be because it's your fully client's baked. not as... Yeah, it's fully baked. Your client's not at their best. You're not at their best, right? No, nobody, nobody ups their game in a pandemic. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it, you know, so it, it's one of those things where within your power, do what you can. And, and if your relationships aren't that strong and they're like, Oh geez, this is a problem. Then narrow in on the ones that are the most important to you or the ones that you really want to keep and, and hold on to. Again, we come back to triage. You know, there, there's, there's enough people out there who are old enough. They, they remember watching mash on TV back in the day. And those who don't just watch a couple of Google videos, but this whole idea of meatball <laughs> surgery, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you're not, you're not doing the best job you possibly can under the circumstances, but you're doing a good enough job. And that's yeah. what your business is going to need in these coming months. Uh, and, and, and I want to add to the, the same extent to which you are having empathetic, honest, sincere, and blunt conversations with your clients, got to do the same thing internally with your own people, with the lawyers, and especially with, the, with your staff members and support members. I, I saw this thing, again, go back to Twitter. I saw this mention on Twitter of firms that are sending their lawyers home to work remotely, but having the staff come in and working on site, you know? And like, there, there's, a, there's a place in hell for, yeah. for, for people who are doing that. So, you know, same, same idea. Uh, strengthen the relationships you need and, and, and try to come through it as, as, as best you can. And all the other stuff, the remote stuff and the... And the, and the um, the technology stuff, that'll come into play over the course of time. But right now, uh, here's, here's an analogy I quite like. And I heard it from um, the, so Canadian government has a special committee, cabinet committee, uh, to deal with all this stuff. And, they, and I was reading an interview with the vice chair of this committee. He's a, he's a member of parliament, but he used to be an economics professor at, uh, I don't know, a university somewhere, a dean of economics. 
And he was talking about the process they're going through to figure out what to do. And he says, it's three stages, he says, and it is like an airplane caught in a terrible storm. The first thing you do is you land the plane, you know? The second thing you do, you secure the plane on the ground for the duration of the storm. And the third thing you do is you make sure that when it, takes time to, when it comes time to take off, the plane can fly, right? And I think that's not a bad situation for lawyers to think about their, their own law firms. And right now, we are in the landing the plane phase. Uh, get that plane down on the ground in one piece. And if you lose a bit of pieces here and there, okay, that's fine. We can, we can deal with that. But get the plane down in one piece and secure it as best you can. Uh, and, you know, don't worry about when the storm is over because it's going to take a while for this one to break. Yeah, that's a, a great metaphor. When you, when you pop up a level, Jordan, and think about some of the, the long-term impacts this crisis might drive on the, the industry and, and here thinking about the, the broader landscape, including maybe the courts and so on, uh, cu- curious what your perspective on what long-term change, if any, any uh, depending how cynical you are, uh, but, but what long-term changes do you think this, this might all drive for us? Again, a lot of it depends on, on time frame and so forth. If impossibly this whole thing wrapped up in the next two or three months, which by the way, it is not going to do. Um, I, I, I don't want to keep going back to Twitter, but across my timelines came a, someone who did a, a Twitter poll asking business owners, um, what kind of time frame are you expecting in your contingency plans for this thing to be done by? When do you think this coronavirus crisis is going to be done? And 40% of the respondents were, it'll be taken care of by June. I was like, oh. are you delusional? <laughs> what? Yeah. In what world, right? Um, so if, if somehow that happened, yeah, we'll just snap back to where we were before, right? Because the courts would be like, oh, well, thank God that's over. Now we can go right. back to paper filing and, and having everybody come up and stand in front of me and standing up on a walk in the courtroom and so forth. Right. Um, but I don't think it's going to be two or three months. I think it's going to be uh, measured in, it, it, referring to the actual pandemic crisis, I, I think we're looking at anywhere from 24 to 30 months for this whole thing to be done. I'm not saying that we're going to be locked down isolation for that period of time, although I think we will probably have a number of uh, segments of isolation within that. Again, too early to say for sure, right? Because we have so little data to work on. Um, but there is no way, and I wrote a blog post about this last week, there is no way the justice system as we have it today is going to survive through this, right? It just can't. Courts are already, uh, the courts are essentially shutting down, right? Because they don't have a way to do this. And it's fine again to say, oh, well, you know, uh, you use your video cam and you use your video cam and, and we'll do a Zoom thing and we'll have the hearing that way, right? But here's the thing, uh, courtrooms and courts, they don't have video uh, capacity. They don't have broadband. Uh, they don't have, you know, we don't have webcams for everybody. Um, and, and we're not set up for that kind of a thing. Jury trials are impossible for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, so uh, the, the way we've always done things, and the thing that kills me is e-filing, right? And, and, and up until, like, and what, what really bugs me is, all these kind of stories of, oh, yay, a court decided to allow e-filing. It's like, I'm not going to stand up and cheer for right. a court that decided to do something that was painfully obvious we should have done 20 years ago, right? There's the, the, the only thing we should be about, the, about that is embarrassed. You know? But as someone else said, it's not just even the e-filing, it's the centralized document repository that everybody can access at one time, right? So the, the, the entire institution of the court the system that we have right now, I don't want to just mean courts, tribunals are running basically the same thing, 
is going to be slowly, inevitably crushed by this. And we're going to have to take to heart what Richard Susskind said. And I, and, I, and I actually think this is, of all the things he has observed over the years, which have, which have really kind of resonated with people, this is the one I think is going to have the longest uh, term impact when he said, court is a service rather than a place. And I think that's what's going to happen eventually. And the perfect example of this is in the jurisdiction you're in right now in British Columbia with the Civil Resolution Tribunal. And yep. if your readers are not familiar, your readers, your listeners are not familiar with the CRT, please Google it. Please read a, a, a post that I wrote about it last week at SLAW. Please write a, a length, read a, a lengthy post that uh, Professor Bill Henderson wrote about it at Legal. Yeah, really wonderful work summer. there. Amazing piece of work. And you know, and, and, and realize that's what the future of the justice system is going to look like. It's what the present should look like right now. Um, so yeah, but uh, that having been said, it's going to be a very painful and difficult transition away from that. And, and this is why I've been kind of pushing online, I'll be writing a couple of posts about this, to say there are limits to how much energy we should put into trying to maintain the old system. Um, I think we need, we, we need we need to be able to evacuate people out of the old system before it collapses, but a whole bunch of us have to be out there building the new systems. First of all, to house the evacuees, and then eventually as a permanent resettlement into this new system, this new approach. And I don't know exactly what the new approach is going to look like. Nobody does, but we will discover it as we go along. And there's principles that can guide you on that. And I'll happily talk about that all day. But uh, it, I think it's really important that we not think about going back to normal, going back to the way things used to be. Because number one, I think, I think the old ways of doing things are gone. And number two, they weren't that great anyway. Why would you go back to something that uh, wasn't working anyway, just because it's familiar, just because it's comfortable and we know it, right? It, 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 I, I don't, I'm very reluctant to talk about this as, uh, you know, in, in the Ram Emanuel sense, uh, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, right? I understand why he meant at the time, and I understand the way in which it's being used now. I think we're going to come out of this with a very different justice system and a very different uh, legal profession, a very different legal sector, both supply and demand. But the price we're going to pay to get there will be too high, right? In terms of economic damage, in terms of personal damage, in terms of health, in terms of lives. But we are going to come out with something very different. But how different and how good it's going to be, those are questions that are going to be answered by us right now and in the weeks and the months and even the years to come with the decisions we make, with the goals we're trying to achieve and with how we approach the entire operation. And I think that's why it's just so important for us in what I would call the legal innovation community, the legal reform community, we gotta get busy now, right? The, 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 the time for trying to persuade people that it will be a good idea to change, that's done, right? Uh, now it's time to actually start building as best we can. So if there's a, a silver lining in all of this, Jordan, and, and, and maybe, you know, hope for what you think will be a positive transition, you, you, you're mm -hmm. stating that it'll be different. And I, I think that is, uh, is really clear. If we want it to not just be different, but to be better in the future, what's your, what's your hope for what that will look like? And do you have a, a call to action to the, you know, the industry leaders and, and the on the ground professionals that are navigating this change that will help us realize, uh, a better future for their profession? For me, I, I look at it number one as, and, and I talk about this in a column I wrote for SLAW, uh, based on my conversation with Shannon Salter at the CRT. 
whatever we build has to be human designed, human centered. And, and that's a very broad term, but in the specific mean, way in which you mean it for here, we have to build a legal system and a justice system that is based around, focused on, and is meant to serve the people who are actually in the system, who need it, who use it, who are in the receiving end of it. Because right now, we have a system built for the people who make their living by administering the system, lawyers and judges and court staff, right? And, and, and law firms writ large. And that's, that's what's not gonna be sustainable. So what we need to build is something with an eye towards what are the problems we're trying to solve? What are the processes we want to try to ensure? How do we go about making all this work properly? So, so the, my primary call to the leaders of the profession and the leaders, uh, and this includes law firms, this includes state bars and law societies here in Canada, uh, courts and legislators as well, is if the only people who are in the room making these decisions are lawyers and judges, it's not going to work. You have to open this up. You have to get people who aren't lawyers, people who aren't judges, and I don't even just mean clients. I don't even just mean people. I mean a people who are deeply immersed in the ways in which the, 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 the everyday social and business interactions of the world take place and make them, quite frankly, I would put them in charge of the process and say, what would work best for you, right? Um, this, so I've been saying for ages, as you know, we, the, the future of law is multidisciplinary. I didn't think it would come this fast, and I didn't think it would come under these circumstances, obviously. But we have got to get more than just lawyers and judges in the room to do this. And if we try to wall off um, everybody else and say, no, 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 we got it, we got it, we know what to do, we're lawyers, we're experts, like, no, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Um, so uh, I, I think a dedication to inclusivity uh, in terms of the, the architecting the new system, a focus on, on, on human design, and a very strong commitment to the rule of law, which is something that, and one says, oh, that's just such a cliche, rule of law, we talk about all the And are closer than we might like to think right now to a time when the rule of law becomes something which is, uh, is, is, a, is a commodity that is bought and sold, that is traded off for something else. Um, I, I, we, we're so early in this process and there's so many doors open to us through which we can go. But as soon as we go through one of those doors, all the other ones close and we're going down that path. And we, so we got to make good decisions right now about which doors uh, we open and which paths we go down. Um, I, and, and I guess the last thing I would call upon lawyers and judges to do is to say, look, I know that you are afraid and anxious and worried about everything else. I, I am too, so is everybody else I know. And it is natural in times when you are fearful that you are protective and you are insecure and you say, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna look out for myself and look, look out for my people, I'm gonna look out for my tribe. And I want to strongly urge the opposite of that approach uh, to say, we need more people involved in this process than just us. And we need as much goodwill as we can and as much generosity as we can. And this is not just about getting through a pandemic, right? Because the pandemic will, will, will pass in a certain amount of time, but that's not the last major upheaval we have coming our way, right? This is something I, I try to remind people of. I said, in, in, 
December 1929, January 1930, three months into the Great Depression, right? Nobody thought it was a Great Depression at that point. The, the, the topic had never crossed their minds. But I guarantee you, nobody foresaw 10 years down the road World War II, right? So, but, but so much of what happened in World War II and why World War II happened can be traced back to things that happened during the, 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 the 1930s. So we're in this for the long haul. And, and we have to make decisions for the long haul. So uh, I, 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 I suspect I, I've not brought the, the, the brightest ray of sunshine into your listeners' lives today with this, uh, with, with this take on it. But I am trying very hard to impress upon everybody in the legal profession how serious a situation this is and how we are being called upon to give our absolute best for as long as we can. And that is, that is a call for us right now. That's, that's where we need to be. It's where we need to go. Yeah, well, I think like so many things around this crisis, if you are predisposed to treating it as more serious than it truly might be, that uh, that's probably the right mindset to approach all of this. And if we're even overreacting with social distancing, and as some people think we are overreacting, and that actually helps, you know, mitigate the disease, and we end up seeing that we're on the other side of this in just two or three months, uh, it probably means we reacted about the right amount. So I think uh, lawyers should be under no illusion just how severe uh, downturn we're in the midst of. And I, I think you've laid out uh, some very well thought out and well supported uh, perspectives on what lies ahead. And I really appreciate you you doing that, Jordan, and, and appreciate, appreciate you sharing your perspective. Uh, in addition to the enormous uh, wealth of information you've provided us today, uh, you've, you've written prolifically uh, over the, the months and years on these topics. We'll make sure there's links to your, uh, your various writings in the, the show notes as well. Um, if anyone wants to follow you on, on social media and, and, and so on, tell us where they can uh, listen to you. Oh, sure. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Jordan underscore law 21. I think the only people in the world who use underscore are on Twitter, um, <laughs> maybe email addresses, I don't know. Uh, and the website's law21.ca. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to write as much as I can at this point and, and, and just, and listen, right? Listen to other people and, and see what's going on because again, it's a collective effort that's going to get us through this. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Jordan. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on. You've got so much useful information and perspective to share. Uh, and uh, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jack. And the same for you as well. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Bolin, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider, for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Clio, please visit Clio.com. And for more resources to help lawyers navigate the challenges of COVID-19, please visit Clio.com slash COVID-relief.